Hello and welcome to the Game the Flayers podcast, episode 36. My name is John and I'm joined by our lovely co-host Ryan in front of a live studio audience this evening. Hey everybody, here at the Game Deflators we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and the watch out, don't let it bite you on the arm, it's Radiated Inflation Deflation Challenge, folks. That's right, Spider Month continues, week two. Dude, I am super stoked about this game that we picked this week. Uh, I haven't played this since I was probably 10 years old. I've never played this since I was 10 years old, and or you, before. And you didn't really play a whole lot tonight either. I, I, I died. You died several times. I did. The, I died in the good. one level. Yep. The one level. It was that was yep. it for you. This was mostly a John endeavor tonight, everybody. But you know what? We uh, we stuck it out. You I'll could have, say. I'll have you know that with our two continues that we had, I got through all of that on the last continue. If well, I would have I mean, just played it from the very get go, I would have had two. Well, yeah, but you have to get through the whole game on the two. We we'll get we get we'll, we'll continue this later. Continue. All right. What'd you get this week, John? My recent pickups. So. I was actually about to look at the pile, but I got it right in front of me in our nice new template. So this week I picked up Dishonored Definitive Edition on the PS4. I played it on the PS3, enjoyed it, then my PS3 yellow lighted, and I didn't get to play it again. So I saw it for $10, figured why not. Uh, the other games I picked up this week, GameStop had a 3 for 15 so uh, for anything 10 and under. So I picked up The Raven Remastered, which is supposed to be like a cinematic crime-solving experience type of deal. Uh, so I got that. I got The Girl and the Robot, uh, which is apparently a uh, puzzle-type game where you have a robot and a little girl and you got to solve puzzles and beat enemies. And then I got Yoku's Island Express, which is a like pinball experience platformer. Looked pretty interesting. It was going to be five bucks. Might as well grab it. And that's what I got this week, dude. Okay, other than Dishonored, I've never heard of any of those things. Yeah, so uh, the only ones I had heard of were The Girl and the Robot, only because it keeps coming up on my Amazon Prime suggested titles, because uh, I like to add random games to my list. And Yoku's Island Express I had heard about. Uh, it's got really good reviews, actually. It's somewhere in a neighborhood of 8.5 and above on average for that so do you just go in and look for names that you don't recognize and you'll be like oh i don't i definitely don't have this because basically when you go into a game store you own most of the stuff that people would want to buy well not really man like with new gen type stuff i don't have a ton of ps4 games i got maybe what 40 if that uh, i mean i guess that's a lot for some people standards but i mean how many ps4 games does a random GameStop have on its shelves that aren't copies of the same games that people want Oh, I got you. Well, I mean, they have a lot of games. It's just a majority of them are at a price point I don't want to pay. Like, mm. I'm not going to sit there and pay $30 for a game that I know is going to be $10 in six months. So you said they were running a three for 30? Three for 15. Oh, three for 15. Which and you bought four games. Three games. The definitive edition of Dishonored is actually at Walmart, randomly enough, in their, like, discount pile. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was I just, confused. Okay. Yeah. No, I got so, it. Now. Yeah. So I picked that one up. Um, no. So my process, dude, when I go into a game store to try and find random titles, I'll find something. I'll check out if the, uh, you know, not for selling purposes, I'll check to make sure that I'm getting a good deal. So if it's at a GameStop, I check online, see what it's typically selling for used. If it's going to be a value, I'll generally do that first. And then I will look up reviews to see if I'm even getting a good game. Um, knowing I'm not going to play these for a while, three for 15, it's not bad. I mean, they're not going to get any lower than $5 in the future. I think GameStop outside of games that have been on the shelf for like three years, 
they're typically in the you know 699 range for a while before they even hit like 299 so these will hold their value in terms of what i paid for them for quite a while and uh i'll get to them at some point so yeah pretty stoked good stuff and what you've been playing so you didn't have any pickups hell no no like uh, so i'm i'm seriously uh, you know i haven't gone back and played any more bloodstain because i'll get to that in a minute but i'm upset about it now now i've become upset about the purchase and i'm seriously i'm not gonna buy i'm just not gonna buy any games i'm gonna get gamefly and I'm going to see how that goes because honestly, I've got this big library of stuff that I'm not playing, not nearly as big as the library of stuff that you're not playing, but it's kind of frustrating me. And also, I really think that it's going to be good for, you know, me to be able to check out new games as they're coming out. So we have new stuff to talk about so that I'm not always harping on about playing the same stuff. Like if I'm already the kind of person who's not going to beat games, why the hell am I buying games when I could just gamefly a new game a week or redbox a new game play as much of it as i think i need to and then i got something new to talk about i think it's really gonna fill my time on the podcast and fill my wallet full of cash wait how's it gonna fill your oh because you're not buying new I games spending that money see you just gotta do it right man all right so as far as what i'm currently playing i'm still playing sukuden 2 i am at 15 and a half hours now i put in about an hour and a half this week on that uh, do have a friend in town, so a majority of my time has been spent going out places and also playing Super Smash Bros. on the Wii U. That's correct. I do not have it on the Switch. And Mario Kart 8, another correction on on that for you. I do not so have it on the Switch. So you're not playing Smash Ultimate? No. God, no. I don't want to spend 60 bucks on that right now. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just not down to spend that right now on that game. And it's it's one of those titles that I don't have a lot of people to play it with. And I'm not one to play online. I, I just don't enjoy fighting games online because of lag it's and too such. Brutal. Well, not that it's brutal, dude. There's just so much lag that kicks in. It, I mean, you're you're having like my Wi-Fi is okay, but like when you get other people have poor Wi-Fi connections, and you're just trying to fight, you know, a, just a fighting game in general. I've had poor experiences via, you know, internet. Yeah, I was to do super games. let down by uh, what was it? Dragon Ball Fighters was last game i tried to get into fighting game and it was like those first few days the servers were just impossible to get connections on and stuff i think they were just too overloaded and then by the time it cooled down there were just rooms full of killers and there was really no no purpose for me there like fighting games are one of those things that i think you really gotta come up around a group of people playing it so that you could keep your skills on the level because online is just not a place for civilians. No, definitely not, dude. That And that was my experience as well when I was playing Smash Bros um, on the Wii U initially when it was online. Is Every single time I hopped on there, man, it didn't matter what character I played. I just always got my ass beat consistently. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't anything like against my skill for, you know, per se. Because, you know, I'm pretty decent against friends and such when we play. And other people I know that play consistently but you and me have had some good some good brawls in ultimate yeah yeah we've had some pretty good matches and even when we went out to uh, the grid that night yeah it, you know it wasn't bad at all it was a lot of fun because everybody was on a similar skill level yeah. but when you're online man a lot of those people are just consistently playing the game like every day that's all they play means <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's a little crazy online so i've kind of steered away from that and smash bros is just one of those i like to play it with friends and i just don't have enough people playing it around me mm-hmm. to you know all my friends that play it are out 
back home. So, eh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so are you playing anything right now that you're looking to not complete? Uh, well, so here's here's the thing about not completing. So I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of stuff in Hollow Knight that I don't really have to do. But I'm kind of at the point now where it's like I've got all the skills that I think I need. I spent like a good couple days banging my head against dead end walls in that game trying to figure out what the fuck to go next. And so I finally started consulting an online manual on IGN just to see where to go next and what I've missed that was should have been obvious, especially since I got that damn thing way early, that dream nail. It's so sweet, though, dude. I'm definitely lucked out on that because I got the ability to set a waypoint and teleport to it from wherever I am. So that's made traversing the map much, much easier. So I'm digging on that. But now I just I'm feeling like I'm pretty close to the end of the game and I kind of want to just go for it. But there's a lot of stuff that I could probably still do. So I'm at the struggle. So given the struggle, I think I think I just got to finish it. I think I just got to get it done. And then if I go back in the future, there will be more stuff to do. But I really think I'm just going to stop doing it if I don't just get it over with. So I would recommend beating it first. And then going back, and here, here's your main reason, because I had a poor experience this week. So we decided to reboot Final Fantasy XV because um, a friend wanted to go ahead and try it, right? So we go ahead and get the airship because I beat the game and everything, and you know it, it leads you to get in the airship. So we get that. We go to a secret dungeon, and we spend probably an hour and a half trying to just get something that has nothing to do with the story. It's just this random jumping dungeon. Final Fantasy 15 already is really bad with jumping. Oh, the jumping stuff. So, I remember at the beginning trying so fucking hard to get on top of that trailer or whatever at that first gas station. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically this whole level is just jumping and trying to hit platforms and such while they're moving in Final Fantasy 15. So anybody that's experienced the game knows how difficult, not how difficult it is, but what a pain in the ass it is to jump in this title. So we get through probably about an hour and a half of this dungeon, you know, from consistently, it doesn't even kill you. What ends up happening is when you fall, you restart to another part of the dungeon where you like kind of that area where you had started the, um, the chain of events to get to the end of that portion of the dungeon. It restarts you at the beginning of that section and you got to go through, do your jumps. Checkpoints, John. We call them checkpoints. Yeah, Jesus, man. I am out of it. So we get through to checkpoint and, um, you know, if you die, you go back and you got to restart. So we go through and after that whole hour and a half, we have all these ledges that we're climbing up, okay? I get through. I'm like, wow, this is great. I'm almost the end of the dungeon. And then there's like a balance beam with a five-foot jump, okay? So this is where I about flip the table. I go ahead and I'm like, all right, well, screw it. You know, if I fall, then hopefully it'll put me to a checkpoint, you know, halfway through. I jump, and it restarts me to the very beginning of all the the parts I just spent like 20 minutes oh, doing. Sucks. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So at that point, I'm like, nope, screw it. Turned it off, and I was done. Like, I, I'm done with this video game. So when do you think they're going to make uh, Final Fantasy Maker? Uh, well, I mean, you got RPG Maker, and you got Dragon Quest Builders. Well, I'm talking about Mario Maker style, where you can make these Final Fantasy 15 jumping puzzles and platforming games. You put yeah. some Goombas but in there. But only Final Fantasy 15, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, put, yeah. Throw some Goombas in there, just not enough checkpoints. Did you see the picture I put on Facebook the other day where it was a mod? It's like... You know, Nintendo allowing modding, and it had Thomas the Tank Engine with Goku and a Minecraft sword. 
That makes so much sense. It does. So hopefully Nintendo allows modding in the future and we can have Noctis jumping on platforms with Goombas. And, yeah, I yeah, don't ever see great. that happening. I don't either. You remember what happened with Bowsette. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> I, I had quite a few memes that I uh, I sent to people, including some in our, in our live studio audience. Well, and speaking of Mario, I think we both can say that we have checked out Dr. Mario. And uh, what you, before we get into the article that we read about Dr. Mario for Dr. Mario World, week, by the way. Dr. Mario World. What did you, what did you think of Dr. Mario World? Dude, it's too easy. Like, at least the first, like, 10, 12 levels that I've gone through right now. You know, the, the thing with Dr. Mario is it was always, like, a fast pace, right? You had viruses coming up. You had your capsules dropping down. And you had to match them at a quick rate, right? Well, it was more like a Tetris tile. Yeah, thing, yeah, right? exactly. So this is, like, it feels like Candy Crush, but with Dr. Mario in it. And you have capsules, but you can, like, if you hit something of a capsule, then you can move the capsule wherever you want, like, right away. So say I get a line of three and I have a yellow and a blue and I knock out all the yellow, I can then take my blue capsule, move it anywhere equal to where it's at. Yeah, as long as, long like, as it, it doesn't go back down. It's just way too easy. And, um, you know, I I like it. Like, it's fun, I guess, and in terms of a puzzle. And from what I read in that article that we're going to reference here, you know, it discusses that the game is intentionally set up to be more of... Um, you know, the capsules never change. They're not randomized. It's just straight out the same exact capsules each and every time. So you never have an issue of like, oh, crap, I got yellow on this first one. And, you know, I wish so I had there's a blue. not even any RNG. No, there's it's just straight up the same thing. So, you know, if you screw up on the level, you're like, all right, well, let me retry it. Let me do a different combination. So like the article we're referencing uh, was a Eurogamer article by Ollie Welsh. And it's uh, basically the thing is that. It's just another mobile game. It's got all that Mario Run polish and the oh, whatever that Animal Crossing thing that came out was. Wait, they had an Animal Crossing mobile? Yeah. When? Yeah. Last year, it was okay. It wasn't what anybody wanted. I think the only thing is that a lot of these games, yes, they're perfect for mobile games. They just don't appeal to me because I don't care about mobile games. If somebody out there loves Dr. Mario and they love mobile puzzle games and they played a billion levels of Candy Crush, this is for you. Get it. Love it. It's free. It didn't seem like it was trying to push a lot. Uh, he writes in the article that it doesn't seem like it's really after your money, but it does seem like maybe it could li limit some of the design space because they can only make it so hard without making it feel like it's a fair challenge and it begging you for your money so it's just it's not going to mix anything up it's not going to change the world there's never going to be another pokemon go and that wasn't even as what we wanted it was majorly successful i'm not going to argue that but it's just mobile games have disappointed me over and over again and i'm i'm just so done with that until maybe stadia comes out and changes the world Maybe. I, I mean, I've seen some mobile games that are like RPG-based concepts, which are generally pretty fun, but it jumps into what you're saying, the whole pushy aspect. It's, you know, you're in the middle of the game and you're like, all right, well, I want to progress and I want to do this. Well, you need X amount of diamonds to keep going or you need X diamonds to level up. It's like, are you kidding me? Well, and I don't even get why, because it's like most of these games are free and that's where they really get you. It's it's a ton of content for no money and that's a hard bargain to drive. But if you really want to play a game... There are good games on mobile that aren't pushy at all, don't want your money, 
you know, you could just buy the game for a few bucks and you're good. And either way, I'm just not a mobile gamer. I'm not going to be really happy with one thing just because it's free. And I'm not going to be really happy with something else because I paid a certain rate for it. And I got what I paid for. It just not the platform for it. I would almost rather that they went the Super Mario run route where it was like 10 bucks and you unlocked all the levels and you got to play it. And, and that was it. Like it was just a $10 mobile game. And you can enjoy that. And when you're done, you're done. Um, the whole, the way this is set up, I mean, it seems like they're not going to charge you a bunch of money or $10 really isn't a bunch, but they're not going to charge you a flat rate to unlock all the levels and progress, but they are going to have it like a Candy Crush where if things are difficult, you can get things to make you you know your life easier and then get a few bucks out of that. So who knows at this point? I mean, I'm going to keep playing it to see like what the overall experience is in like level three or world three, but that's about as far as I'm going to go. I'm not going to be putting any money towards this. I'm just going to give it a shot, see how it is. And, you know, to your point, I don't really enjoy mobile games much either. The only time I play them is if I'm in a flight and I don't have anything to do and yeah. I forget a book or whatever it may be. I mean, you could buy, I love to tell people this, you could buy every Final Fantasy, I think through nine on mobile, just the whole game. And I wouldn't play that either just because I don't, I don't want it. <laughs> well, it's not a fun experience. Yeah. I, I did see this really cool thing earlier today, actually, um, a prototype Xbox controller for mobile that like wraps around your phone, mm -hmm. and it it looks kind of like an interesting concept. But other than that, you know, like they, that's really my big deal is the tactile feel. Like I gotta have a controller. I gotta be pushing buttons. It's the same reason that I don't like PC gaming, for the most part. Well, I think. Uh... I think it's a good segue right now, man, given that uh, we discuss a lot of Dr. Mario World. Let's kind of get into the next portion of our, I guess, paid content in a way, if you think about it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, kind of fits into it. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, we are going to reference an article that was on Gamer Rant by Rory Young. And it pretty much talks about how the uh, new Pokemon Sword and Shield is going to have exclusive DLC for certain retailers. Uh, nothing super crazy. It's just like, you know, backpacks and um, I think there's one person that has like different clothing, that type of stuff. It, it's yeah. nothing nuts, uh, but it really does kind of beg to bring up the question of how much DLC and how many, you know, I guess not in-app purchases, but in-game purchases like loot boxes and all that that Nintendo is going to try and incorporate here. You didn't play a lot of Pokemon Go, but one of the big things on there was the ability to spend money to get you know, extra Pokeballs and like certain things you didn't need to spend money on. Dude, I had a sweet park with all kinds of stops on it. I was drowning in great balls. There's a joke there. So, um, as far as Pokemon Go is concerned, you could kind of deck out your character Team Rocket gear and uh, different backpacks and shades and everything else you could think of. Uh -huh. And your partner Pokemon, I think it was only See, I was Pikachu. out of it by then. Yeah, so they, they incorporate those things later on, and it makes me wonder if they're going to do the same thing with Sword and Shield. And well, even go as far as saying, well, you can only get X accessories if you have Sword and X accessories if you have Shield. See, now, the one thing that I've never really considered Pokemon is that I've never considered my character in a Pokemon game as an avatar. Like, 
in a lot of those games where you get the cosmetics, I mean, that's your avatar, that's your representation in the game. But without having any type of multiplayer, you know, real multiplayer, interactive multiplayer. Now, this game does have that whole place where you can go and there's a field and you can interact and you can do like the raids on the giant Pokemon for whatever the fuck reason. Pokemon's going in a whole new direction. So I get that they want you to be able to own this character and make this character more you. But the thing is now, these are just pre-orders that we're talking about here that they address in the article. These are two different pre-orders from two different companies and two different versions. So we're already talking about eight different items that are present. So that's already there. And that's just free if you order the game from one of these places, I'm guessing the game's going to be loaded with stuff. The last one I played, I think I played, I think I played X or, um, it might've been, it might've been black version or, well, you had black X and well, black and white, black and white two X and Y. But Those ones they had, like you could go to the shop and you could get different clothes and hats and stuff. You could customize your character in the game quite a bit. Yeah, if I remember, well, it might not have been white. It might have started with. You could also do it X. in. Uh, you didn't get this far, but you could also do it in um, Pokemon Let's Go, Let's Go Pikachu. You had the ability to customize your character, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Pikachu could wear a, a hat and everything yeah. else. Well, so I think that they're definitely going to have a lot of options in the game. The one thing that I don't want to see, I don't want to see that the DLC stuff becomes the only stuff. Like I feel like if you have cosmetics in a game like this that's meant to be a single-player game, they better have a good, healthy amount of realistically desirable items in the game and not just be like, here's all the shitty stuff that comes with the game, here's all the good stuff that you actually want. And there's there's a lot to be said. Like I just heard an article last week about bullying in Fortnite because kids are using default skins, and now default is like a word you can't say because you're calling people like basic bitch because they don't have the money to get like all the sweet skins or whatever. I don't know. Kids are mean these days. Hashtag 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't want to see Pokemon go down this crazy rabbit hole. Nintendo's been so good about, you know, not throwing a lot of this stuff, at least in directions that I've seen. I don't know what really happened with arms because i wasn't a part of that i never really played splatoon so i don't know what happened there but those have some customization in it i think i don't know i I haven't heard anything about them so nintendo must be doing better than everybody else i just don't want to see pokemon be the the floodgate that opens up nintendo begging everybody for their money i don't know man we'll see how it how it pans out i think this is going to be a a nice dark path that nintendo is going through at this point right given you know the mobile experiences that we've had so far and you know the failures on that they're trying to boost income wherever they can and the the line is drawn in the sand here nintendo do not i repeat do not ask me for money for more pokemon if you say you know what there's there's a one thousand and oneth Pokemon Mew three, but it costs five ninety nine. Dude, I wouldn't even pay five ninety nine for it because you know if it'll you give cross it for free. that line, you're done. Just wait for the first DLC pack. Unlock Bulbasaur, Squirrel, and Charizard for fifteen dollars. Right, it'll happen. 
All right. Well, in our uh, are you are you done with Pokemon? Are we done with this? Rant? Oh yeah, I'm not getting the next one. Okay, but no, I'm done talking about them too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we're done on both. Uh, I I might get it. I don't know. We'll see. I, I really should play the other ones on 3ds. So okay. Well, either way, in our all Nintendo podcast this week, uh, all Nintendo news all today. The game deflators Nintendo Direct. Right. That's so much following up with the Nintendo Direct we got or the little mini infomercial. Yeah, I, I woke up to Nintendo Switch Lite is now a We thing. knew it. We all knew it. We listened yeah. to the rest of the internet say that they knew it, and now we get to say we knew it because we said it before it happened. That's a good point. Yeah, hey, so you heard like, it maybe second or third here, folks. Uh, we, I think, discussed it back in December 2018. I forget the name of the article, and I will eat crow on this. I said it was a dumb idea, and I don't see Nintendo doing this. And they sure as hell did it. And it's still a dumb idea, regardless. You know, I want to say that I think that it's a fine idea. I think it saves people a hundred bucks if they want to save that money. Like I said, Hollow Knight's the first game that I've really played on my TV. I may as well have had a portable version of... And I would have appreciated it being smaller and lighter. I would appreciate not having, like, my one Joy-Con fucked up. So if these Joy-Cons are better built than the other ones, you know. Well, it's one of the things that I've I've heard people mention is you've already got the left Joy-Con, I think, is the one that has an issue with the drifting. Yeah. What happens if that occurs in your console and then now you have to send your console back? Say it happens well, the out of thing, the one you're warranty. No, the same thing that would happen with a Vita. Or the same thing that would have happened with a PSP. Or the same thing that would have happened... But it never really happened. It Nintendo wasn't a DS. consistent issue. Well, I know, but this hopefully won't have that issue. But I'm just saying, like, it might be an issue, but that's just a reality that you have to deal with. Like, I mean, your controllers will break, and you can either get them refurbed, or you can buy a new controller. It sucks if that happens to your actual console. But as an all-portable device, there's a level of, okay... This is to be built durably enough to be portable only. This is never chilling anywhere. It's never going to sit vertical. You know, they removed a lot of the extra stuff that was in there. So hopefully that helps in some well, way. Let's get that. That brings up a good point. So let's get kind of into what was, you know, what it's featuring right now. So we know it's 200 bucks. You know, the regular console's 300. Mm -hmm. They've removed motion control capabilities from this. So if you want to play motion-based games... Nobody does. No, It depends on what you're playing. I mean, if it's Mario Party and you want to play that, you don't have a choice but to buy Joy-Cons. Well, so, no, I, I would just say... Well, no, it's it's listed. Uh, Mario Super Mario Party does not play in handheld mode. Exactly. So this if you, you want to play, play it, it on this game, console... You can if you it's, get the motion controls, No, though. it's incompatible. It has to be in table mode or in dock mode and this doesn't do either of those so from the nintendo direct they had mentioned at one two switch for example if you wanted to play that game you have to buy joy cons yeah but mario party does not support at all portable mode so basically they it would can have only to... be played in tabletop mode or docked well that's stupid so basically anybody that wants to play mario party and has been waiting for a Switch to go down in price, and they're like, well, I'm going to get a Switch Lite. Can't play it, obviously. Then they can just buy a regular Switch and pay $100 well, and, extra. Dollars. And so that's the point that you know I've tried to make, too, is 
I mean, for an extra hundred bucks. People who bought the 3DS so that they could get the 3D thing, and then they started making games only for the 3DS. Like, you weren't going to have your DS forever. Like, this is really of a lateral move, and you're already limiting yourself. Like, you would not want to play Mario Party Mobile. This is not made for people who want to do that. Yeah, they had, like, Mario Party on the 3DS. Like, and the DS had Mario Party. Like, there's been Mario Parties in a handheld version for years. I think it's even on the Game Boy Advance. There's what? Mario Party. Yeah. No, there's fucking not. Go look it up. You got an iPad. All right. So he's doing a lot of cursing on this episode. Oh, Looking at our live studio I'm sorry. audience. We're going to get in trouble with YouTube. Watch. I, there's a good reason I have all that explicit stuff on there. It says uh, it's an M-rated game for us. Yeah, so look up the Mario Party. But basically, there's been handheld versions of Mario Party, just like there's handheld versions of Mario Kart and tons of other games. At the end of the day, if you want to have the, cap the ability to play a motion-based game, you might as well just buy a regular Switch because it's handheld anyways. The only crazy differences here is you're getting a smaller screen by, I think, a little over half an inch. You are losing... Uh, or no, you're gaining 20% battery because it's all mobile, but you're losing the ability to put it on your TV, to dock it for charging. Um, you, you don't have any of those abilities with this console. So to your point, it's a lateral you're move. You're absolutely right. I am absolutely right because I'm always right, Ryan. So this My sounds God. to me like they're taking out the 3DS. It's going to be phased out and they're going to be moving into this direction. I so, mean, it was bound to happen. Yeah, I mean, the 3DS has been super successful. Um, and they obviously released a 2DS and 3DS XL and everything else. So they've sold, they've made hand over fist tons of money on this. Um, I can see the Switch maybe getting, like the Switch Lite, having exclusive titles potentially down the road where, hey, you're only going to be able to play this. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. It, it could. For Who the knows? $100 more, your regular Switch should be able to play all the same stuff. Well, yeah, it should be. But we're talking about Nintendo here. Yeah. Now, one thing, just to speculate... Would you have paid $250 if it had, like, a DS slot in it? Yeah. I think at 250 and the ability to take DS games and then also 3DS games and also be able to play Switch, 250 would be a good starting price point on that. Would I play it right away or buy it? Probably not because I already have the Switch and I have a 3DS, so I'm... I'm one of those people I'm okay having multiple consoles. Yeah. Especially when they're both on separate charges. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about if one dies, I don't have the other to play. Um, I, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, two, that'd be a great price point. In fact, I'm surprised they I don't think they, they do would that. go backwards like that. Well, it wouldn't really be a backwards move. They'd if have it, to, I mean, it, the, what was it, the DSi was the last version of the DS that had a GBA slot? Yeah. I know. Uh, was it DS Lite? Was it it DS was DS Lite. Lite. DSi oh, okay. did not have it. It was the first one that did incorporate it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, dude, I, I it's, mean, it's Nintendo. We'll yeah, see it's how it's rolling forward. And, you know, this is just the first of many. Like, look at how many Game Boy Advances there were. Look at how many 3DSs there were. You know, this is just, this is the first one. We better get used to a wave of new Switches coming at us. It's been three years, which is pretty good. Well, we've already got three colors. That are on this yep. one. I think it's uh, yellow, gray, and teal. Yeah, I'm correct. So, or in that color scheme, they've already announced. There's, um, I think, a Pokemon version of it. Of it's course. like a white with some sort of silvery Pokemon decal on the back, which mm -hmm. actually looks pretty cool. Or no, it's like an orange, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's like it's I'll a yellow it or orange. Uh, we don't have to, man. I mean, everybody can kind of look up the uh, the Nintendo Direct and see the different colors. Um, 
So yeah, we're going to have a ton of different colors come through. Would not surprise me if we get like an atomic purple to kind of flash back to the N64. Uh, dude, you're right. We're going to get have a ton of Switch consoles. It's going to be different colors. Probably a flip version of the Switch down the road. Who knows at this point? Are, are you uh, almost done looking it's at the It's white article? with the sword, the shield guy, and silver on the back. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm... I'm glad that it's out. They can stop talking about it. Like you said, we've been talking about this all year or thinking about it all year. I would like to see if they are going to go for that like beefier version that we speculated on. I don't think that would sell me either. I'm way more well, interested I, in doing other stuff. At this point, I don't see that happening because they are now, you know, obviously announcing a Switch Lite. So what ends up happening? You can't. You can't release a Switch Lite at 200, have the existing console of 300, and then in the same year or even a year from now, release a beefier version of the Switch at 300. Like, what are you, you're going to basically be taking away from your potential profit and the ability to sell your Switch Lite. You know, what's they're going to have to drop the price on the Switch well, Lite, no, too. No, but they've been pushing the VR Switch experience now, and it's just not cutting mustard. Well, how are you going to do that with the Switch Lite? No, I'm saying that that's what I'm saying. A new, strong $400 VR price point switch. Gotcha. The Big Brother switch, the does mostly everything switch, and the does some of the stuff switch. I guess the we'll tree, see, man. The, the holy trinity of Nintendo Switch. Well, if it's going to occur, it's not going to occur in 2019 and probably not 2020 either. We might see in a, you know some sort of um, announcement in like November of 2020 to kind of circumvent you know money away from like microsoft and and sony with their consoles that are coming out i don't think we're going to see anything until ps5 and yeah whatever and, that and it might Xbox be an announcement at that point scarlet thing turns out to be yeah switch hasn't been out long enough for it to, to warrant an entire beefier console i mean it has but with the announcement switch Lite, i just don't see something else coming down the pipe just yet they got to get at least get a year of sales in and kind of get that adoption rate up but you know what i do see come down the pipe john our inflation deflation challenge oh yeah baby we got spider-man and venom maximum carnage which you sucked at i super sucked okay so uh i'll, I'll start this one a little bit and then you can kind of jump in so developer is software creations uh best known for licensed game uh or licensed games and they ended up becoming acclaim studios manchester uh published by acclaim entertainment designer john pickford and uh, Martin Flitman, I'm guessing. You have Mark a capital- Flitman. Mark Flitman, okay. And then we've also got, uh, and actually, from what I see right here, they worked on via Spider-Man and Arcade's Revenge, which we thoroughly hated. So our expectations for Maximum Carnage, I played it years ago, but it's been a while. Um, you kind of, you know, you kind of scared me a little bit there when you showed Spider-Man and Arcade's Revenge. Well, these guys and this studio in particular, did a slew of licensed games all throughout the 90s, a bunch of Spider-Man stuff. They did a bunch of other Marvel stuff, and I don't know. It seems like a good idea. You've got one studio pumping out all this licensed stuff, getting it out there. They know what they're doing. You know, the art team probably knows their way around the characters and actually beg to differ good on relationships what... and approvals with the studios that own the license. I'd say they don't know what they're doing based on Spider-Man and X-Men in Arcade's Revenge. I still think that that game looked decent. Yeah, I mean, it looked decent. It was hard. I mean, it, yeah, it was a hard game, but it, representative of the property, 
it did a good job visually and you know it did make you feel like spider-man okay back to the yeah yeah back, the back to this. Back so to this guess. game came out september 94 uh for the na region came out a little bit later in europe and the next year in japan uh, it's you know if you live in one of those places you're probably aware of when it came out if you're really interested in this game but fun fact that i found out while i was looking this up the sega genesis collector's edition is worth like $500 according to price charting. So some poor soul paid $500 for a collector's several, edition of this? Several. The last sale, I think, was $650. It comes in like a cool box. It looks kind of neat. I don't think that it's really worth that much. But I've also decided to change up a couple other things. So the most expensive version besides that collector's is the PAL NES complete in box for $164.47 right now. The lowest price version is the Sega Genesis Loose for $14.97, and that's what we're playing, folks. You heard it here. We're giving you the cheap one. Well, that's also because I'm just a cheapskate, and I don't want to pay more than you know 40 bucks for a complete in box. Right. Which I actually pay close. I pay 30 But if you are interested in that complete in box for Genesis, right now it's sitting at a cool $28.60. It peaked at $37.48 back in April. Of this year, just now, a few months ago, so it's gone down almost nine bucks in the last three months. I got a and question it for you. Doesn't look though, like man. it's going up anytime soon. So the version that you're looking at here, to complete in box, did it show on price charting black copy versus red copy? I I did not see anything. So there is a difference. There is a black cartridge and a red cartridge. I've got the red cartridge, which ran me after tax and shipping. I think it was thirty three is what I paid for the complete in box pristine condition mind you um i'm thinking the black cartridge is probably a little less probably in that 26 to 27 range because it, it isn't red obviously um so i think what you're seeing here is you got your peak on 419 at 37.48 and then you're completing box 28 bucks i'd say that 33 is about average mm -hmm. at this point for those um so yeah uh we picked up the loot or not the loose version but we picked up the genesis copy to play this uh it's a game that I had for many years in the past, enjoyed. And uh, what did you think overall, man? Uh, I thought it was another beat em up game that I wasn't very good at, and I mostly got beat up. It was it was fun. I liked that I felt way more like Spider Man than in the last game. You know, the uh, web swinging you could actually do from anywhere. You could actually climb the walls. You had you know he felt a lot more acrobatic like i was able to jump around and web crab people and string people up it was a lot more feeling like i was spider-man and i think that's kind of kind of the evolution that we're looking to go for here this month is to see progressively over time what it's like to become spider-man even if you don't have a radioactive spider around to help you good point man so uh it definitely brought back better memories for me playing a visco round, mainly because I wasn't 10 years old and struggling to get through levels. You killed it, man. You killed oh, it. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, I haven't played this game in a very long time. And, you know, it, took a, it was a little rusty at first. Got through the first level, beat the first boss, got absolutely destroyed by, who is it, Shriek in the climb level where she's yeah. shooting down the laser beams and you just, we couldn't the get up. Swinging, the swinging took a, a minute to get a hang of, 
But once you got it, you got it easy. Yeah, no, it was pretty sweet. And then we had Doppelganger hitting us at the same time. So once we finally got past the climb level, I think that was the hardest part, um, mainly because we weren't as familiar with the controls. Uh, but we were good this go-round compared to some other games. And, uh, yeah, dude, I mean, at the end of the day, I thought it was great. I enjoyed all the um, the punch mechanics were great, the ability to do a roundhouse kick or scissor kick, I think is what they call it in the manual, Um the overall ability to do a shield or actually web somebody up or bring somebody in, uh, having the chance to grab two people at once and slam their heads together was pretty sweet. Uh, I didn't remember having that ability when I played it years ago. So that was, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, in this game looked and sounded so much like 90s Spider-Man. Like the, the art was really on, the music was rocking, uh, in the intro, it has a little video clips that shows all these characters that are going to appear in the game. You've got Iron Fist, Captain America, um, Morbius, Venom, Carnage, whoever Shriek is, some guy named Cloak, some girl. We didn't really find out who she was. Dude, I had never, I have no idea who Cloak yeah, is. Yeah, there's a slew of other characters in it. I feel like this game, if you're really into the Spider-Man property, especially back in the day, this would have been a sick game to have. And you made really good progress with not very long trying. I feel like this is a game that a kid back in the day could have sat down and really gotten their money's worth out of the playtime. Because a lot of those games you hear, oh, well, it's just so old that it's hard and it's not very long and you know there's not there's not a lot past it just being hard and that's what makes it long like this looks like there's stuff to enjoy getting to through that struggle and uh, speaking of your money's worth so we didn't get on this part yet but uh loose 14.99 is what it's running so and, and honestly i think i've seen as low as 10 if you got a copy that's got a screwed up label on it so if you're a young kid who wants to play Maximum Carnage, and you happen to be listening to Game Inflators podcast, despite the explicit warnings that we have on everything, uh, $14.99 is what well, you're looking at. And that's doing pretty good, too. It uh, it peaked at nineteen fifty back in May of 18, and it's been going down ever since. I mean, it, it kind of came back a little bit, but it didn't quite reach that same peak, and then it started dropping again. So I don't think, shy of them finding... A bunch of loose copies in somebody's basement. I don't think this is gonna get back up to the twenty dollar limit. So, if if it's something that you you really want to play, I would say that getting this game for fifteen bucks with free shipping is probably a decent deal. But the completed box is also going down. You could probably just wait this game out if you just want it for your collection. And pick it up when it goes down more. Because it looks like that's where it's headed. I'd actually say stonks are going up on this one. So uh, for this particular game, if they release some sort of movie that has Carnage involved. They are. Which they are. And it just hasn't had any crazy trailers coming out. I think this game will actually go up. So if you're going to pick it up and you want to play this game, I would say pick it up now. Before it becomes one of those retro titles that's... Oh, I got to play it because Carnage is all sudden again. out. Yeah. yeah, so um I hadn't really thought about that. You know, I kind of forgot. I I saw Did you see the Well, you haven't seen Far From Home. He hasn't seen Far From Home. Are you I sure saw, it's not Homecoming, Ryan? No, sure? no, no. We learned that mistake the hard way. So Far From Home, I saw it. I loved it. We'll talk about it after John gets on board with it. Yeah, I, I couldn't see it this week. Person I was going to see it with hadn't seen um Avengers. 
and uh, we really didn't have much of a choice. So, um, you know, I didn't want to have any spoilers out there because it does have some major spoilers for Avengers tied in. So, it is what it is, man. I'll try and see it this weekend at some point. Um, well, overall, we discussed the game. I really liked it. You actually liked it, despite not getting past the climb level. Um, I will keep hammering that in there, too, and be cocky about it. Inflated or deflated? I'm going to say that I think that with it trending down, I think it's still inflated, and I think I think I would definitely pick this up loose for 10, complete for 20. I think if it dropped down, I, I think it would be worth it, but I think it's still a little inflated. So I'm going to say it's just right. So at fourteen ninety nine or fourteen ninety seven on here, so it's like I just got this. It needs to hold its value. No, no, that's not why. I mean, I, I picked it up because I I wanted a in a complete in box, and I had the the cart just kind of sitting there, anyways. See, he he's twice as invested. I am. I <laughs> yeah, I've doubled down. So I think if you consider, uh, say for example, this game was released on uh, limited run games, okay, as a re release, they would charge thirty five dollars for this game. For a limited runs version, okay, at fifteen dollars for a loose copy, or even thirty dollars complete in box, that's perfect. It's a great game. It's a lot of fun. I feel it's not so difficult that you can't get through it, and it's not so easy that it's just not a challenge. You're just gonna blaze right through it. So it's got like the right type of difficulty, the right buttons. I, I would probably suggest getting it, you know, on the Super Nintendo if you want to spend a little more money on it. Um, I don't know I if wish we got it that was price. multiplayer. That, I do wish it was, too. I actually, while we were playing, I checked the back of the box because I could have sworn it was multiplayer, but it wasn't. Um, and it's crazy because you have the ability to play Venom and Spider-Man in the yeah. game, so it'd be pretty cool to have that multiplayer capability. Um, but yeah, so if you want to spend a little extra money, I would say get the SNES version. It's probably got a smoother, you know, it's probably smoother to play, easier to play because of the controller and such versus a Genesis controller. I, I'm... I love the Genesis, but I'm not a big fan of the controller personally. Yeah, I was not. I I always have a hard time when we play Genesis games telling if it's my fault or if it's just an old controller. I think my controller is just old, and for whatever reason, man, Genesis controllers just don't hold up well for me. It's just always been an issue. Even when I was younger, my Genesis controllers always blew out versus I still have my original SNES controllers from when I was a kid. So it's just that's just how it goes with those. Um, so, I I think we're uh, we're kind of solid on this week, man. That's it for this week. So next week, we're going to check out uh, GameCube, right? Yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man. We should probably test it out in advance because I, when I got that game, it had a ton of scratches, and it played when I got it, and I buffed it out. But that's one that kind of scares me. So well, we don't have to beat it. That's true. Well, hopefully it works. That's the other thing. It should. If not, we'll play... Uh, we'll find it. We'll play the SNES game of... Um, uh, God, I forget the name of it. There's another Spider-Man game with Venom on SNES, and it might be two players. Oh, um, yeah, I think these guys made that one, too. Really? Yeah, I think it's... Uh, we should just play the whole series. Separation Anxiety. Yeah, yeah, Separation Anxiety. Yeah. That might be two players. All right. So if we don't play GameCube because it's not working, expect to hear Separation Anxiety. All right, and uh, don't get separation anxiety from us waiting for the next episode. Check us out. We're out there on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check us out on our backlog of stuff. We got the new YouTube channel up and running. We got a bunch of stuff 
out there, leave us some comments, give us some love, share it around, like our page. Invite your friends to like our page, too. Uh, one other thing is we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and uh, iTunes as well. There we go. Leave us, leave us some stars. Five stars only. Five stars. All the stars. Only to five stars. Well, that being said, I'm John. I'm Ryan. And we are the, the Game, Game Deflators. Deflators.